Hey everybody, this is Andre from the Opinionated Podcast, reminding you that we are live every Sunday on Facebook, and also we have new episodes available every Tuesday on every major streaming platform, so make sure you guys check us out, like, share, and also catch us on YouTube every Friday. Enjoy this next episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Opinionated Podcast, and we are your hosts, uh, Kevin Arant, and I'm Andre, and we have a special guest today. A very patient guest. Uh, <laughs> please introduce yourself. Yeah, uh, my name is Jeffrey Kippel, uh, and I am uh, both the author of a book called The Ridiculous Adventures of Servanand and an ambassador for a movement called Rethink Fit. Okay. This is, and speaking of that, my man right here is on the left. He's trying to get back in the gym and getting fit. <laughs> I, I actually am, and we'll, we'll really go over that because I want to know all about that. Um so yeah, we kind of we 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 do a little bit of a format here where we go into a little bit of the backstory, uh, depending on how much that applies here. So you know, how'd you get started in your industry? Uh, well, I I guess it depends which industry. So, but if I I can tie them, weave them together. There you go. <laughs> but as far as my book, I started writing my book when I was in my teens, oh. and I started writing my book because I wanted to uh, continue the story of comedy and, and all that kind of stuff. And I started writing that book and that book uh, was continued on throughout my, my life. It was a book I went back to every so often when I needed my own inspiration or so, but I spent my career in the fitness and wellness uh, uh, and empowerment space. So uh, okay. um, my wife and I, we started what's known as the natural bodybuilding movement and events known as fitness model search. So we ran expos and television shows and published magazines and tours around the world. So I, that I started uh, when I was in my late, late twenties. Your late twenties. Okay. Wow. Wow. So, okay. So what made you, okay, let's, so we're going to split these two up. What yeah. made you yeah. want to do, let's say, let's start with the, uh, the book. What made you say, Hey, I need, I want to write this book. As a teenager, because as teenagers, our minds is like, you know, it's not really focused. It wasn't even every, reading. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's everything else. It's sports for men, sports, girls, or whatever, relationships, friendships. It's everywhere, but being focused is dedicated to writing a book. <laughs> You're right. You know, I, I started reading. The types of shows that I used to watch with my friends were things like Monty Python and Faulty Towers and that kind of comedy. Uh, obviously that transferred to Family Guy and Seinfeld and those type of things. Right. But I read a book called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And when I read that book, I was like, I was laughing out loud. And I would laugh out loud even if I read it like a second or third time. And I realized that I really enjoyed that. And when the story ended, I just wanted to continue it. And me and my friends always did all kinds of crazy adventures and uh, all kinds of different things, you know, that you're not supposed to do. And I said, well, what if I just took these right. into stories and tw twisted around and just made my own sci-fi comedy type book? So that's, that's where I started. You know, it was first for me. Wow. Yeah, because it wasn't uh, Spaceballs, if anybody remember that. That was a good sci-fi comedy of a trope of Star, uh, of Star Wars. They got a couple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was like, <laughs> but yeah. I remember that was definitely a classic right there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so okay, now also with the book, now the fitness. Now you're like, you know, what made you want I'm to do really the fitness? Which is he's very interested. In. I'm also I'm interested in the comedy, but as far as the fitness go, how did you make your transition into that? Yeah, well, you know, I I was always into uh, working out to some degree. You know, I, I got my first uh, weight set when I was around 12 years old. And, you know, uh, I always, you know, worked out. I went to the gym. And uh, I, I saw that there was something lacking in, in the marketplace. Uh, you know, at the time that we launched these things, uh, what was lacking in the marketplace was the fact that steroids were so rampant and yeah. so many people were being caught into a world of trying to achieve something through the use of drugs and right. just saw that there was something that needed to be done differently. In Canada at the time, when, when I did research anything, nothing existed for someone to 
compete in a natural uh, environment without steroids, without any of those types of things where there's an event that's tested. And we said, okay, well, let, let's create it. So uh, we put out the first show, not realizing or really knowing exactly what to expect because it was something new. Some of the companies that we would go to right at the beginning to get advertising or sponsorship kind of laughed at the idea, you know, natural bodybuilding. And they just envisioned like these skinny little guys. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's what one of the companies said. What are these little pencil necks, you know, that are walking oh, the And I said, you know, it's not that. And we put on this event and it drew people from right across the country. There was about 100 athletes. The auditorium was filled. And we saw that there was a need here. And in addition to people stepping on the stage to showcase what they had transformed their body into, right. they were also acting as a testament that you can do this without the use of drugs. So they were all sharing this message of really empowerment in, in a certain way, even though people didn't know it at that time. And that one event uh, grew. It grew to become an entire tour. It was called the Fame World Tour. And that expanded to be one of the fastest growing tours with events we had all around the world. And those turned into wow. expos because the event theaters became uh, too small to accommodate. And those turned into television shows, magazines, uh, model and talent agency, and all these different attributes. What happened is we realized that we had empowered so many people to transform. Because people would look at the uh, stage, not always in the terms of being an athlete, but they would look at it and think, okay, I want to transform. I want to look better. So I'll use that stage as a goal and I'll set my, my mind on getting ready for that event. Right. And now you can start to visualize and you can move towards that. And people were doing that and we were seeing that this great transformation, but we we're seeing that there tended to be too much focus just on the outside appearance of the body. And people were just, just focused on that and forgot about the other side, the mental and emotional and the, uh, the nutritional aspect of it. Absolutely. Right. Uh, and, and that's a huge factor. So after many, many years of putting on the events, we took a hiatus to step back and say, something needs to be done differently in the industry so that people recognize that being fit goes beyond just strength and appearance. There, there's so much more to it. There's so much more to the mind-muscle connection, to the emotional connection, to the whole spiritual aspect of what you're doing. And that's why we've put forth this initiative called Rethink Fit. And with my book, the fact that I've, I finished it only uh, a, a bit over a year ago, oh. I was able to take the lessons and the wisdom and the learned experiences that I had over my career and embed those as empowerment and self-growth messages within the book. So that's how the two tie together. Okay. Wow. So I know you have fit questions, so I'm gonna let you go. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm 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 really you know you know what it is with me. Um obviously I I was well, I am overweight. Um, so I'm kind of going to the gym with my buddy right now and he's, you know, he's a little bit more, well, no, a lot more knowledgeable than me. Like he was actually training for a show. Like he's, he believes in the natural kind of way of, of bodybuilding. You know what I mean? I think he got injured before he got to his show though. Um, so right now that's, that's how I'm working. I'm not really, well, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't use any drugs anyway. I'm just yeah. a regular guy, but like, I, I'm really trying to ask a question of, how can a guy that looks like me get to that point where he can compete in one of these shows? Like, like what does, what does a guy like me need to do or how long does he need to work? Cause I've seen people have to lose weight for those shows, not lose weight, excuse me, uh, get fit for those shows. And it requires a way different level of working out. You know what I mean? So what, what kind of things do, do people do to get ready for these, these shows, these natural shows? You know, uh, so because I haven't been putting them on in, in, in the current state, I'm going to oh, go yeah, back right now, to yeah. what I understood when we did this. And I, I don't think it's changed much. That mm -hmm. first step is being able to visualize what you can 
look like. You know, to have that image in your mind's eye, to be able to visualize that. And I think a lot of bodybuilders, a lot of athletes uh, use that method of visualization even before it became a popular thing of, you know, you need to visualize and you need to do these things. They were already doing that naturally. So, you know, when you said at the beginning, how can you take someone like you, uh, an overweight person? Well, don't visualize that. Now start to look at who you can be and that starts to become the message that you have in your head because that simple fact has a huge huge bearing it has a bearing on how you conduct yourself so a a lot of people in the fitness world uh they're embraced in a in a culture and a lifestyle a way of being and that means that if you're thinking of yourself of where you can be and what you can achieve Well, maybe instead of taking, and I'm just making this up right now, but maybe instead of parking at the spot that's closest to the entrance of where you Uh, need to go, you park the furthest so you have to walk it. Maybe instead of taking an escalator or an elevator, you're taking the stairs. Maybe you're just doing different things through your day that start to put you into that different frame of mind. Identity shift. That's really the first step. Right. Identity shift. Yes, <laughs> that is great. You know, you know what's you know what's crazy. Like, um, I don't know if these guys make fun of me. You know me. I have I have a vision board. Okay, I gotta make another one, but I got one. And on this vision board, I have two pictures of me. Uh, I took my face, cut it out, and I put it on a fit man's body. <laughs> right. That's awesome. And I, yeah, and I look at that. And I'm like, all right. And you know, he's you know, he's fit, but he's dressed really nice. Like it's it's more than just just that. It's like like a whole image that that I would like to portray at one point. And you know, I know these guys probably laugh at me, but that has helped. That's how I want to look. That's how I keep, you know, keep it in my head when I'm working out. And it's really crazy that he says that because that's what that's what I did. That's insane. And it's more about identity shift because you're right. It's it's like um other than us having chicken wings earlier. Uh, <laughs> it's like you're you're out and you're like, you know what? Since I have that picture in my mind, okay, while you might be getting this, I might get a salad. Or no, I'm gonna eat at home and I'm gonna eat this. No, I'm gonna drink water all day, or you know what I mean? Like it changes the way you think completely, you know, if you stick to it. Yes. Yeah. You you know, it's that first step is the action step you're taking. So that action step may be the visualization, what you did. Uh, Yes, there is so much research and uh, scientific research that's been done to show those benefits of the visualization and taking action steps in a certain direction towards it. So that vision board. Yeah, that's amazing because that's a first step. You know, a lot of people visualize so that they can build their perfect body, their physique, or the way that they see themselves as that superhero. The whole aspect is to unleash your superhero, to be able to do that in a, in a way that's going to get you from point A to point B. Uh, the putting up the board on the wall. Well, you know what a lot of athletes would normally do for the competition. So if we saw you that day and you said, yeah, you know what, maybe you would want to compete. Well, if you picked up a poster, so people would take the posters that we had that were highlighting the events and those posters would go on their fridge, would go on their wall. Those were things that they're always looking to and they're aspiring forward. So always having that visual keeps it so much stronger and having it up on a wall. Yeah, it's it's powerful. Wow. wow, that that's that's a that's a lot to take in. Now, with that vi- like now you say you had that vision to do that and also to write a book. What them visions and your goals comes trials that you have to overcome. Can you speak on some of the trials you had to overcome in one writing your book and also in you being this this fit this guru? Fit, I'm just yeah. Gonna, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so I'll, I'll start with the, the fitness world first because the passion was to create these events. And then at the same time while doing that, we also had to, so I did this together with my wife, Mindy. So we launched all this and it's one thing to have the passion to do it, but now you have to learn how to run events, <laughs> uh, sell sponsorship, mm-hmm. execute on different programs, manage staff, 
do marketing, be the accountant, do all that kind of stuff, be the spokesperson and be the person who's running the, the events too. So I was uh, the head judge and physique judge. So I probably watched, I don't know, 20, 30,000 athletes, you know, walk across the stages. I was also MC. So there's all these components oh that you have to learn right. together. Right. The, the part that is the key to what you asked is being able to take things as learning lessons. Now, it doesn't always feel like a learning lesson that you're willing to accept at the time that something's not going in the direction that you want it to go. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> at that time, it doesn't feel like that. But if you can allow yourself to let go of that and know that you're on the trajectory, it's, it, it, it goes back to what we were just saying with that vision. It's having that vision in your mind of where you're going to go. So if you have that and you hold that, the little things in between don't matter as much. Mm. Right? Because if you know you're going there, yeah. it, it can go straight. It can go on all these patterns. Uh, the, the secondary lesson that I think was the biggest that I learned was to go with my gut feel that okay. I've heard on that almost every occasion where there was uh, some kind of business decision that was made that didn't turn out as well as it should have. Right. It was when I went against my gut because I didn't like what my gut was saying and I wanted to do it differently. Well, <laughs> over, we all which we have, we overthink some things sometimes. It was like, man, if we just went with the gut instinct, it'd be a lot yeah. easier. <laughs> yeah, not even easier, but you know, at least you can, at least I could say I'm comfortable with that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On, on my book, uh, I, I wouldn't say that there were the pitfalls because in many ways it came out when it was supposed to come out. If it came out earlier in my career, maybe the right lessons weren't embedded within it and may not reach the person the way that it needed to. Right. The things that I learned, though, at the beginning is I wanted to do it all myself. And it's that part of letting go and knowing that your expertise only extends to a certain degree. Meaning, I wrote the book, and then I said, well, I'll also do the cover. And I'll also do this, and I'll also do that. And it was when I let go, and we said, you know what? No, let's find a professional person to do the cover. Right. And the right person showed up. And the cover actually came out in the way that I had visualized it when I had first written the book. So it's that part of being able to let go and know that you don't have to be an expert in, in everything, that if you're willing to allow others to come in, then the right people will show up. Yeah. I tell people that all the time. I say, I have a saying, I said the difference between an idiot and a, and a smart man, an idiot knows everything. A smart man is still willing to learn. Absolutely. And that is my biggest saying. I always say it all the time. What I got yeah. from that too is letting go. Yeah. Like, Everything's that first of all, you can't do everything yourself. No. Like it'd be great to think you can, but like like with with, with this podcast, it's like <laughs> uh if I tried to do what this guy does, it ain't gonna work out as well because I take care of the sound, I take care of you know certain other things. But if I tried to do everything, I, I would drive myself crazy and nothing will end up like I like it. But I could put a hundred percent of I could put a hundred percent into you know my one or two things, my performance you know, pretty much my profession when it comes to this and get the results that I need. Mm -hmm. And he can do the same with his responsibilities. Which is, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, which is a good thing. Well, what you said, Kevin, is true. Uh, one of the mentors I had, one of the first things that he had me uh, say and, you know, be able to embrace was, I don't know what I don't know. And to mm, be able yes. to let go of that and be open to being a, a continual student and, you know, uh, that's a big thing to be able to drop. And yeah. it's an important thing because then it allows you to, to know more <laughs> and learn right. more and learn the things that are probably really important to know at that time as long as you're open to letting go. It, it, that, that's because people, when people see that you're still willing to learn, it, it's not a burden in, to them to teach you. But when you come across as this know-it-all and you know everything, it's like, well, okay, what can I really give to you since you know everything? Even if 
the information you're relating to them is wrong. It's like, you know what? You feel as though you know it. Go see for yourself. You know, when you want to come back and learn, hopefully some people will be like, if you want to come back and learn, I'll be here waiting for you, which is not always the case. Mm-hmm. You, you know what? I want to go back to something you said. You said you, you, your first mentor. So, because... At, at some point, I'm gonna I'm gonna give me a mentor. I'm gonna give me one. Um, when did you get your first mentor, and what made you what made you understand the importance of having a mentor? Great question. Uh, throughout my the fitness career and everything, I was not open to that. It was not even in my bandwidth. In fact, when people came and approached me and said, uh, "I need to," I they needed to be in a position to guide me or direct me. I thought, no way. I, I, I know what I know. I'm on a mission and I'm, I'm going there and I don't need anybody else to come in. When I did get a mentor, uh, which was now moving into the second part of our career with the Rethink Fit side and with my book, uh, I realized how important it is to have a mentor. Uh, and... You know, I spent many, many years under guidance and, and learning and did coaching myself and uh, uh, helping to empower people. The reason a mentor is so important is it gives somebody else who's not you and not your friend and not mm. someone you're close to, to mm. hold you to a level that they know you're able to achieve. Right. That's very different because everybody else, including yourself, lets you get away with what you're potentially capable of. A mentor holds you higher. And while holding you higher, what that does is it provides you time acceleration. Mm. Something that may take you 10 years to do, maybe you could do it in a year or less because someone is helping guide you to that direction and you're getting the benefit of that person's life lessons and learned experiences and mistakes that they've made accountability that's that's where the key is uh so yeah uh, earlier on in in my life when i was uh you know when we were hardcore into the running the events and it was an event every every weekend you know so uh, traveling and doing all that kind of stuff i knew that we were on a certain direction but i was I was not in the mindset to have somebody else tell me what I should be doing, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Had I had someone to do that, I think the direction would have been very, very different. That's, 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 that's good because you know what? We've been having that conversation a lot lately is like a lot of people been telling us yes, I mean, and it's been friends and family. It's like, mm-hmm. man, but we are not reaching the goals that we have set. But by hearing you say that, it makes so much sense now. You don't need a bunch of yes men around. You need somebody to tell you realistically what you can do and how to go about doing it. Even if it doesn't sound good to you, but they're not telling you in a malicious way. Uh, Accountability. Yeah. Right. Uh, that That's where it comes into and sometimes accountability can come from a mentor. It could come from someone who's uh, a peer to you also, who is someone that you have, uh, uh, there's a mutual respect between the two and that they can hold you accountable to the goals that you're sharing. But it means being able to do that and say, here's the goals that I have. Here's what I'd like you to be able to do. If I don't achieve these things, you know, here's what I'd like you to do or say to me or uh, hold me to that higher goal instead of being like what you said, Kevin, of just being uh, having yes men around you and, and people just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, okay, you did this. But yeah, I did this, but I was ex- supposed to do this. So help me get to this. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's to me, I, I'm sorry, I, you know, I'm on a, I'm on a journey. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a journey and, and, you know, fitness is part of that journey, but also, you know, just finding the things that I could be successful in, like, you know, podcasting being one of them, but, you know, career wise too, you know what I mean? Like this, you know, can be a career, but just in my professional life. So I'm really like on a path where I'm trying to find mentors and in, in, in certain things and understanding the importance of that. So that's why everything you're saying is really hitting home to me because <laughs> I'm like, 
that's the I, 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 I forget who said it. I'm, and I, I hate when I forget authors' names. So I once um, heard, I guess, a quote from, from an author. I, I, I'm going to find his name and I'm going to put it somewhere in the bio <laughs> or something like that. Um, but he said that he paid a mentor. I think he, he might have paid it definitely wasn't Tony Robbins. It was, it was somebody of that stature. Maybe it was Grant Cardone, you know, one of the, one of the YouTube mentors out today. And he said, I cut him a check to go, to go faster to my dream. And to me, that, that kind of like circles back around to what you were saying. It's like with the 10 years to one year thing, like you can like invest in that either money or time with a mentor just means that a lot of mistakes that you could have made are eliminated. Yo, he, he on you. Nah, you ain't got to do it that way. Boom, boom, boom. I got it like this because I've done it before. Yeah. So, so have you ever thought about? Well, I, I think you you mentioned it. Mentoring other, you know, young men or women. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing that for many years. Yeah. So you um, mentioned it, <laughs> and you know, in 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 different ways. You know, whether it's directly to help with their business or on their their mental and emotional, they all tie together. Yeah. Uh, and that is a big component. So I uh, guess I do that one-to-one, but that's a component that we said that our whole initiative is about. And this whole Rethink Fit initiative is really getting people to rethink the way that they're doing pretty much everything. By taking action steps, by doing different things that are going to move you along uh, on a journey. You said you're on a journey. Uh, most people are on that journey of, of growth and of transformation. Uh, and the way to do that is by, uh, there's, there's a Japanese expression called, uh, that's a, a word, Kaizen. Kaizen means small incremental steps that, okay. you know, uh, if you were training for that bodybuilding show, you know, going back to that and you start at the gym tomorrow, you're probably not going to see something tomorrow. You may not see it the next day or the next day, but you know what? After like, a week or so, 10 days, you start seeing these changes. Well, our whole initiative is designed around telling people, well, you can unleash your superhero. Whatever that means, whether it's uh, being a creative person, launching a podcast show, doing a television show, being an artist, or it's something that they've got an innovation or something that they want to do on their personal journey or professional. It's taking simple action steps that can help people move forward. So for example, uh, my book, because it's a, a, a comedy book, you know, primarily, uh, I have action steps that I've issued to people, which is you read my book and you laugh out loud, or you have a moment where you have an aha or a new awareness, well then tag me on social media and use the hashtags, hashtag Serbanan and unleash your superhero. Then I'll know about it. And there's prizes and things like that that can be won. But those are wow. all geared to keep people on a pathway. So why did I start with the comedy part? Well, when somebody could just pause for a moment and laugh and just enjoy that moment, you're already in like this creative state. And either you're in that creative state just enjoying the moment or that creative state is going to propel you into a, a, a position of flow and the right creativity is going to start to come out of you of where you need to go. So it's taking action steps in different ways that are going to make you want to continue on those journeys and keep doing more and more things. So what I said, as far as uh, being a mentor, it's more that the things that we've learned over our careers, we're issuing as these action steps for people to take just so that people everywhere can get engaged and do something that's going to make them feel good and will allow the things that they're doing to empower the people that they're around too. And that's where it comes to accountability. If, if you decide that you were going to do something, uh, and I'm, I'm just making this up now, and, and you were going to compete, right? And you said you were going to take the action step to compete. Uh, again, I made that up. Well, you right. may follow some of the other experts and some of the other people who are actually issuing action steps that are going to help you along that journey. Well, if you take those action steps and you're sharing that journey on social media, you've now allowed yourself to be accountable to the people that you're sharing that information with. 
So now you're on this, this self journey and the people on in your network who are watching you, well, they're the ones who are holding you accountable and you're moving forward because now you feel that you can be inspiring people and you start to feel what that feels like and you keep doing it. So our goal was to, in many ways, well, how do we uh, mentor or empower, inspire as many people as we can uh, in, in, in the easiest way possible? Well, let's issue action steps for people. Let's make sure people have access to the right experts and innovators and people that they can follow. And what we've done is we've said, well, let's make a collection of all these different action steps so that people can take that journey. Uh, and, and you can say, well, I want to compete. Well, who can I follow? Who's going to help me and guide me? Because, you know, when you even look at mentorship, uh, it's the same like your coaching, mentorship, things like that. Well, you can have that in so many different areas of your life. And you should. And if you have that ability to follow people who can give you insights that you wouldn't get otherwise, well, then that's that journey to take. Uh, wow. Let me ask you a question. And this is just honestly me just asking. Do you meditate? I do. I don't know what it is. I just, I get a certain energy off you that I'm, I don't know what it is <laughs> that I'm like, it's, it's a calming energy. Number one, you know what you're talking about, but it just popped in my head as you were talking like, yeah, I bet he meditates. <laughs> you do it. I know you. you... I got to get back to it. What type of, med- well, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I, I don't know too much about it. I just know kind of what I might either get off of YouTube or uh, I think I read one book on meditation on different types. Like, do you have a specific type or it's a weird question? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's not. And uh, uh, yes, I started meditating probably maybe 10 years now, uh, five to 10 years, something like that. Uh, much more so over the last maybe four. And meditation, I think sometimes people just think it's you have to sit in this special position and you have to do it in a very, very specific way. If you're out for a walk and you're just out in nature and you're just in your own head, you're meditating. Mm -hmm. Now, you can go and do very specific things and say, okay, I'm going to sit still, I'm going to quiet my mind, Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to get connected to my heart. And the way you're going to do that is you're going to take... Uh, 10 deep breaths and you're going to allow your body to fill with the oxygen and just be calm. One of the biggest things is that most of the time people are in a stress state, in a constant, constant stress state. And when uh, you're in a stress state, the whole reaction point for your body is it's taking the oxygen out of your, out of your brain. Uh, it's taking it away from the areas that it your body doesn't need to deal with a stressful situation. So if you take that moment and you take, uh, you know, 10 deep breaths in and you're pausing, you're putting the oxygen back into where it needs to go. You're getting yourself to a, a calm state. Well, that that's a form of meditation. And just that alone can change the way that you're feeling in so many different ways. As far as like meditation, meditations, there's so many different things. Yeah. And uh, everything from uh, uh, where you're just doing it to, to calming music or where there are uh, guided meditations or affirmations that are repeated, you know, in your head that you're hearing from uh, different sides of your head that are influencing different parts of your brain. Uh, So there's all kind of really cool different things. It's more, again, saying that I'm going to take that action step and I'm going to start. I'm just going to do, I'm going to do it. And I'll learn more and more ways that I could do it or more techniques. Right. I'm telling you, because that's that's how it was. I'm not going to spend too much time on no, it. No, go ahead. That's bro. how it was for me. I'm going to be honest. I was like, uh, <laughs> I forgot what got me really into it. I think I might have been super stressed about work. And uh, I was like, you know what? Because I thought that you had to be in, in 
sitting Indian style. Excuse me, Native American style. Listen, I don't know the right sitting way. Sitting style. Just crisscross sit- applesauce. That's there what we call go. it. Yeah. Yes, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to offend anybody. I don't, you know, we don't do that. But uh crisscross applesauce, you know, with, with different, you know, the different moodras, I think they call them. I was like, I don't want to do that. And my wife might walk downstairs and look at me and say, what the heck are you doing? So I started really early in the morning at like five o'clock in the morning when I knew she wouldn't be up. And to me, I just started like just trying to be present in that moment and figure out how to be present in that moment. That's, that's, that, that's what, where I started. And am I great at it? No, but I think it's just like, um, it's just like anything else. It's more of a practice. Like you're never going to master it. It's just more of a practice, yeah. a good practice. Well, yeah, when, and how you said meditate, I must meditate all the time because I, it's times I ride in my car and I don't think about anything. When I used to ride my motorcycle, I used to get on my motorcycle and I knew I had to pay attention to the environment around me. So right. everything I had going on in my life completely went out of the window. Stress, bills, anything I was thinking about that day, it had to go out the window. Because yeah. my focus was on riding that bike. And when I would get off my bike, I was like, I would feel so much at ease because I just was, I would ride through areas where there's a lot of nature and everything. Not so much on the highways, but just nature, seeing back roads and okay. getting that feel of the wind and everything. But it was just, that was, I'm guessing, my form of it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, sounds. you yeah. know what? I had a question for you also. Uh, what were some of the shows that were developed off of the, the, the Rethink Fit model? Like the TV shows, I'm sorry. So uh, when we uh, were running the events, in Canada, there's a network called TSN. TSN is the equivalent of ESPN. I um, that. And for TSN, we created a series. It was very cool. So we did uh, specifically a bodybuilding show. And that at that time was called Muscle Mania Canada. Uh, okay. And we did a show for fitness. Fitness is two rounds. Uh, fitness is, at that time was just females. Uh, one round was in bikini. And the other round was a routine that's like a combination of dance and gymnastics and freestyle and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So we did something called the TSN Fitness Series. And when we did that show, they had promised us uh, one primetime airing and three repeats. The show's popularity was so great that it was played over 200 or 225 times that year. Uh, And it, it was a show that they use for counter programming. So that was a very successful show. It was their number one uh, non-live sporting event show. So much so that it was translated into their French network called RDS and also oh, wow. uh, reformatted for WTSN, which was women's TSN. ESPN then picked up parts of it as well. And we ran shows in, uh, that were televised in the UK uh, for Channel One, whatever that that means, and in uh, we did a, a tour uh, in South Africa, which nice. culminated with a, a large show that was a television show uh, for some sports network, uh, a European sports network. We also did shows uh, for television in the Philippines, and then someone took our shows and and would film them, and they were used on Army TV. So I don't know where oh, that. Was <laughs> so those were the shows that we did at that time. Okay. Now I got another question. Go ahead. Listen. <laughs> so what do you think about uh, what do you think about the CrossFit Games? <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just I'm curious. Uh, I don't know enough about it all. I okay. know that uh, it's it it became a movement, uh, yes. and it became something that people. Uh, unite in and uh, bond in that type of relationship. And I think that's really cool. When we started uh, the, the natural bodybuilding movement, it, it was at its infancy. It was brand new. And the people that were connected, you know, formed this, uh, this relationship and these bonds that they kept for years, even after they've, they've competed. We're still friendly and, and speak to people. And uh, they competed 25 years ago. So it's wow. that unity that it's fostered and it's created. And it's given the ability for someone who never thought that they were an athlete to be able to restructure their life and train and be an athlete and maybe be on TV. 
So, you know, that, that's, that would be my, my answer to that. <laughs> yeah. I was just curious. Cause I, like a lot of that is to me was related, like, especially with, uh, like, like getting them on. T- I don't know. I don't know. Cause I kind of saw CrossFit on, on like, you know, Netflix. I didn't know anything about it. And I said, man, these people, <laughs> I said, the, you ever seen CrossFit? Yeah. I, I see. I've, like yeah. the CrossFit games or uh I haven't seen CrossFit games or I've rolled past CrossFit studios and they go crazy. That's why I was like, yeah, yeah. what do you think about that? <laughs> um so you know what? Let's get into his book. Let's get into his book. Yeah, I want to get I want to get into the comedy. I'm a okay. big okay. I love comedy. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of comedy. Have you have you tried any stand-up off of your book or dabbled in it a little bit or he's like yeah i'm just gonna stick to writing it so not as so much as performing it on stage live in front of people <laughs> uh you know in high school so some of the influences at, at, at that time or our major influence was a show called sctv so i don't know if you if uh, second city television sctv uh so many of the great comedians came out of that there uh it was uh, very strong in Toronto, and it was also in Chicago, but it was the, the Toronto group. You know, Second names City. like John Candy and Martin yeah, Short. Yeah. You know, all these guys came out of uh, out of SCTV. Uh, me and my friend, you know, we always joked around about, you know, potentially doing stand-up and, you know, talking different routines and stuff like that. I haven't thought about it again. Uh, every so often, I, I joke with my wife that, yeah, I'm going to do a stand-up. Uh, I haven't put real thought towards that right now it's more been in the book and what i'm having fun with though with the book is doing readings so uh right (laughs) and you know and i'm getting more comfortable with that of getting into the character of it and maybe that may turn into doing something uh you know a stand-up i mean that would be a lot of fun uh you just be you need to be on the ball uh it looks like a lot of fun yeah, because stand up and writing goes hand in hand. When you listen to comedians talk, they do most of their work comes in in writing. They sit in rooms by themselves for hours. By them, everybody's asleep in the house, or the house is clear, and they just sit in there and write and write and write. Then they go perform it, see how it goes, take the certain things out, mm-hmm. write some more. It's like these guys you ever see. Most comedians, I was just watching Aziz I. He did a special. And he was, he's on sorry. And sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. His, <laughs> his recent special, but you see him on the stage. He has his notebook and he's telling his jokes and he's seeing a reaction. He's writing it down. He's like, uh, okay. So I'm wondering, like, that's why I asked, would you ever get in comedy? Because the writing ass part is that the writing ass part is there, but do and you say you're doing the live readings right now. Like it, it looks like it can be a lane. It's like a performance. Yes, it is a performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're you're right. Uh, I, I, it, it may go to that. It might be. I mean, I think it would be a lot of fun to do. You know, I visualize myself doing that. Uh, I just never. I haven't thought further of. Okay, here's the jokes that you got to do. See, I guess it, right. it's different when you're putting it into a story format, because you're intertwining that within a story and, or you're making your character do certain things that create those jokes. When you're doing a standup, I mean, you've got a live audience, you've got that, that type of energy, but you also have that type of expectation to ensure that you're making them laugh. Yeah. But how I think when I say far storytellers, the best comedians are storytellers because they make you visualize like in a book, like you're there and how they tell this, you know, the jokes is intertwined in there, but the story is what's keeping you, you know, in there. Because it's certain comedians, you're like, oh, okay, listen, this is the same, like, dirty joke. It didn't really capture me like anybody can tell that. But a guy telling the story, oh, and, yeah. and he's getting you deep into that story, and then he comes with this punchline, he's like, I didn't expect it to go that way. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you're you're right. Surprise. Uh, yeah, if I think back to some of the some of the comedy legends, you know, from going back years and years or so, it was stories that they were telling. Yeah. Right. It wasn't just uh, the one liners or so that, that those are awesome too. Yeah. The stories intertwined with, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, I have another question. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had Dr. Dawn Mensch on the show uh, a little while ago and she, she's a, 
you know, a children's book author. And uh, I think she went to like Netflix and, you know, wrote screenplays for her, for her books. Did you ever think about doing anything like that for your book? Like, like getting it adapted into, you know, maybe, you know, live action or anything like that? Absolutely. So the first step was when I wrote, uh, when we released the book, we uh, took it to audiobook right away. And that was, uh, to me, it took it to another level because it made now uh, a different sensory input on, you know, listening to the story. I just recently, only about a week ago, I uh, came out with an animated uh, video of the first scene. So it's a two minute video. It's on my website and uh, which is serbanand.com. And uh, I, I have, it, it's, it, it came out so cool because I gave the direction to the team and they came back with something that was, in my opinion, like so perfect on how I visualized it. The intention is to be able to turn this book into an animated series that yet is taken to one of the networks. Nice. Yeah, that, nice. See, that will be, and that'd be good because com- everybody loves a good comedy series. Like it's just, even animated ones, like there are some yeah. of the best. I spend most of my time watching animated, <laughs> animated comedies. <laughs> That's just me, yeah. though. I don't know. Kind of yeah. tickles my fancy. So, what what future goals do you have set for yourself that you you know that you're trying to set and achieve right now? Like you didn't, like you, like you didn't accomplish enough. No, it's it's always more to accomplish. No, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, with my book. I see this, this is turning into a five book series or more. Uh, I believe it's going to go into an animated series like we talked about. I'd like to take it into a comic book format. Uh, uh-huh. We're redoing the audiobook so that we are layering it with music and uh, more sound effects so it feels like you're watching a movie. Uh, so that, you know, I'm really excited about. Uh, book number two uh, should be out by the summer. And our Rethink Fit initiative is just getting up and going. That website is unleashyoursuperhero.com. And I'm excited about that because it it's, I think people are looking for something to be able to do that will help them and guide them on a journey of how to really just be happy. You know, be happy, be healthy. Uh, you know, our what we say is it's a pathway for people to to love better how they think and feel and act and look and dream. And I think it's important for people to know that they can achieve those things and have a community of support that can help them get there. Uh, uh, my goal with it is to empower. You know, our goal we've always said is to. Uh, empower a huge community of people who are innovators and experts and who have lived experience and people who are having these action steps and are uh, embracing that pathway of transformation and coming together in community. Okay. This question is a little Um, off, but I want to ask it anyway. Yeah. Do you do you uh, narrate your own audiobooks? That's a big thing for me. I love for the author. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I didn't. I found someone who did it in a way that, uh, in my opinion, took it to a, a whole new level. It needed to be British. I can't really do British <laughs> in that. Uh, so, uh, no, but originally I had thought of doing that, uh, but... There's something very different that you see comes to life when you have a professional do something that that's what they do and that's what they're good at. And it, it was really incredible. I just wanted to come back to, to one, one thing, Kevin, there that you said. And, you know, if you're looking at what's our ultimate goal is really being able to have uh, a community where people are coming together, where they can uh, come together in community to empower each other, to uh, motivate each other, to inspire each other. And to be there in a community to support each other. That, and what I'm talking about community is a, a live community, you, you know, in different parts of the world. Okay. Okay. So hey. what advice would you have for people, you know, that want to follow, that want to follow in your footstep or, or have the same dreams and goals as you? What advice can you give to them to help them achieve to get to, you know, where you're at right now? Right. Uh, 
you know what, connect with me. You know, I, I love chatting with people. I love being able to help people, you know, take that next step, but uh, connect with me and maybe there's a way to fit into this whole empowerment journey. Maybe uh, there's a way to connect them with the experts. I, I don't know everything, you know, that whole, I don't know what I don't know, but right. there may be a way to connect you or anyone with the right experts, the right innovators, the right people, or maybe they already are and they're looking for a way to uh, establish and, and have more relationships. As far as specific advice that I would give is, I heard this saying once, uh, and, and I can't remember the person's name who said it, uh, and the quote was, dream much bigger, much faster. Mm-hmm. And you just sit with that for a moment. First, the whole notion of that dreaming, and most people don't do that. Most people just start and they do things and they just go along a pathway and they're just hoping for the best. Uh, and they haven't really dreamed because I think they think it's not possible. You know, when the whole notion of this whole fitness movement that we created, it happened. I was in the gym and I was thinking about, well, what do I want to do next in my career or pathway? I was kind of in between what I wanted to do in, in my mid twenties. And like this, uh, sort of notion flashed in my head, I'm going to be the biggest name in bodybuilding. And I had no idea what that meant. I, I, I didn't know if that was, I'm going to compete. I'm going to be the biggest name. I didn't know what that meant, but I had like this feeling and I had this vision and this passion to want to be able to do it. And I think a lot of people would leave that at just, Oh, that's kind of cool. Or ah, what does that mean? it's being able to take that action and say, you know what, I'm going to move forward with that. And you know, that was powerful. I think I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I don't know what it means yet. Maybe it means competing. Okay. I'll get ready for a competition. I did that and I competed. And then I saw what was more than that. So it's that being able to dream and let go because most people just stop themselves shy of being able to take that first step. Cause they think the dream is not possible. It is. And if, A lot of people uh, ask people who are very, very successful at what they've done. It comes because they had a dream and they believed in that and they moved forward and nothing came in their way. And, you know, when we were talking about the pitfalls and stuff like that, it's taking them as lessons. But knowing that that's not important. It is, you know, these temporary things there they are. But if you have the goal in mind, you know where you're going. Hmm. That's very enlightening to me because that's where I'm at with this podcast. I see it as being the biggest podcast, but you breaking it down to me right now made it so much more like I could I yeah, always visualize it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate I, that. All this, look, you know, off subject. So I gave these guys a, uh, like this was what two years ago a where check. I wrote out and I still have my check. a check for ten million dollars for each each one of us, and I said, "Yo, keep that check while we do." Like it's it's a goal. Like money ain't money ain't necessarily the goal, but it's what motivates you know some people. You know, money among other things. So I just felt like keeping that in my end goal in mind will get us through all the trials and the tribulations that we've came through so far, which. We we had a few. I mean, yeah, we had a we had a we had a bunch. We had a lot. You know? <laughs> a because lot. this is we didn't have like well, we need to get a mentor. We didn't have a mentor. Ooh, podcasting mentor. Yes, we started our podcast and to get to the numbers we got to, because at first when we started our podcast, it was like we would drop an episode, what it took two weeks to get five plays. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. At the beginning, which was rough. Which was rough, and I'm like, oh my gosh! And then it took what is almost a a year, but when it was a goal, it's like, oh, we got a hundred plays. Yeah. Now we're at a couple thousand a month. So, yeah, a couple thousand a month. You know, <laughs> like, it. which I'll is easy. It. You know, six hundred, six, seven hundred. When we drop an episode, yeah. That initial day, I'm like, wow. From going from five listens in a week to now, if I drop this thing, I'm going to get seven hundred plays. That day is, I mean, we came a long way. Came a long way. It feels good. (laughs) That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you very much. uh, You know, you were saying that you've uh, put together these checks 
Yeah. And that's awesome. To take that to that next level, start to think about what the emotion is of you cashing those checks. What does it actually feel like? What, what's going to happen with the funds that have just been deposited? What are you going to do with it? What are you going to buy? What does it look like? What does it feel like? The more you can uh, give a visual in your mind and or on those vision boards and things like that to what it will be and the emotion that you will feel then when you're taking those moments to get into that mode of meditation, just take those moments and look at the check and feel the emotion of what that's going to feel like and what you're going to do with it. And then visualize the different things of spending the money and, and getting those things. That will take that to like a, a, an nth degree. Wow. Can I, can I call you, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff, that's what I'm telling you. I I'm hear you. I listen you. to you. you. I'm the only one that follows. We have a third co-host. He's busy with his children. But I follow this man, and I trust him. And I, I you know, you haven't let me down the wrong path ever. I never said, you know, I always. Best <laughs> friends. So, so in closing, where, where can, if you have anything else that you want to let our audience know, um, you know, feel free. But other than that, where can people, I know you already went over it, but we're kind of, kind of going to consolidate. Where can people find your work, uh, which I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point, any TV station, but where can people find your work? Where can they find you? Uh, and if you have any last words for our, for our audience, uh, please feel free. Okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, again, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, this was, this was a, fun, you. a really fun chat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. my, I have a number of different websites. So, uh, the website for my book specifically is serbanand.com. The website for the have Whole Think Fit initiative where people can get connected to different experts, find different action steps to take, uh, and become uh, an expert uh, uh, is unleashyoursuperhero.com. And we also have a, a talk show too, which is called Tuning In. And the website for that is tuningin.club as far as finding me uh, elsewhere I'm on social media under my name Jeffrey Kipple you can find me on I think almost all the main platforms mm. and uh, just hit me up and, and engage with me my final thing that I would say is I think the world needs more laughter I think the world needs more time to laugh and pause and take a break from all the other craziness that's around us so I, you know, I, I, my action step for everyone is, you know, pick up the book, listen to it or download it or have it live. Uh, and if you have a laugh out loud moment or a new way of rethinking things or an aha, tag me on social media, uh, use the hashtag unleash your superhero and Serbanand and, uh, you know, tell me what your experience was about. There's going to be prizes to be won, but it's more that it can help other people also feel happy. And, you know, that's the bottom line. I think we all want to be happy. Absolutely. Well, we're going to make sure that in your episode that we drop, that we put all the links where everybody can find you at. That way, you know, we do our part and everything like that. So, because we're... We're found on all major platforms, Spotify, iTunes, uh, wherever you stream podcast you can find us yeah awesome if you ever if you ever do a reading in jersey south jersey south jersey <laughs> maybe philly let us know because i i want to go i'm dead serious i'm dead serious too. this was a, a all you know an awesome episode. episode you gave us great episode a ton of information that hopefully awesome. we, we will use and hopefully our audience like can your, use. I like your vibe, man. I like your vibe, Jeff. I'm not going to lie. I love your vibe. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, I'm happy to be back. Uh, and I'm happy if you guys want to connect offline too, you know, and just explore more. I think you guys, uh, this was a, this was a, a fun show too. The, the energy that you guys had between you and just the flow of the show. It was uh, very comfortable to be here. So thank you. You're welcome. And like you said, if you have any work in the future, you have our oh, please, yeah, please, yeah, please. come on back. We yeah. don't, yeah, we have a lot of repeat guests. We don't mind, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's all. So, uh, awesome. let us know. 
hand it over to my co-host right here. All righty. So that was our show for today. And we were your host, Kevin Durant. And I'm Andre. And we want to thank our guest, Mr. That's, that was the point. Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey Kipple. <laughs> and um, yeah, Mr. Jeffrey Kipple. And we will see you guys in, on the next episode. Exactly. <laughs> As we always say, peace, peace.